0: What NFC North receiver just entered the must-start territory for week three? What Patriot running back is going to bring you the biggest fantasy return this weekend? And we play a or 9 with the Battered Eagles in their Sunday matchup at home against the Colts. Plus, the leader in the FPC, as well as the team owner of the ninth place team in the FFPC main event, Kay Coulson joins us to dish on David Johnson, riff on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts
1: now. Justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to go. to lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you we gonna make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop. It's like he had a disease. He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who wasn't easy undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting. He ira-
0: broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak.
1: Shot for the head, he shot back, but he made up. Looked round good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station, but she was coming and he made a laugh. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down and swore. Thanks a lot, Rob.
0: And Greetings and salutations, all you balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, are pass-catching running backs the key to winning a six-figure grand prize this year? And how good can Tyler Lockett be for you in week three? Plus, Kay Coulson hangs out with us to talk about how she has surged ahead to the top of the Football Guys Players Championship and... Ninth place in the FFPC main event despite being in just her fourth year of fantasy football. Dave, how many years have you been playing fantasy football? Nineteen. Nineteen, really? Good for you, man.
2: No, it's
0: not. Well, you wish you were playing earlier or longer? I do wish I was playing earlier. It was right. a lot
2: of fun. And uh, we they have They're telling their stupid stories about playing, you know, oh we have the USA today and we got yeah. the box scores. It's like, you yeah, I'm sick of your same old stories, so don't have to tell me everything. That's
0: that's how uh, that's how you had to do it back in the day in the newspaper. Um, which are my kids' good for you all time. My four year old said something about me reading the newspaper the other day. I'm like, How do you even know what a newspaper is? No
2: get it. He doesn't even see it. You should, what, do you, what paper do you get? Post we post? don't get
0: a paper. I, I when I, I head over to my folks' house and they have to get the post crescent, and then I typically read that once in a while there. But it's not like he's hanging out with me while I'm reading the newspaper, I didn't even know he knew what it was.
2: I don't get the post crescent because what I we used to get it, and then I realized that I could go through it before I could finish a bowl of cereal, and I'm like, Well, that's not good enough. Yeah, so I get the Wall Street Journal. Good for you. I can't even get through one article on that thing. Why? Because it's, it's actually well-written. Uh-huh. Anyway, I guess we're going to talk fantasy, right?
0: Yeah. There's a bunch of people who want to hear that. They're in the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at hsffor, Eric, at Eric Balkman, and at David Gerzak, facebook.com slash hsffor. And if you want to give us a call, it's 347-426-3682. That's 347 game over. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send those questions in now. We'll try to get to all of them, uh, all the tweets, the emails, the questions in the chat room and the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Our producer and mutual friend is, as always, Rob, and our audio engineer is Bryce, working very hard tonight. We appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Uh, Before we get into Kay Coulson, who is just around the corner here, Uh, she is leading the Football Guys Players Championship ninth in the main event. One thing I want to do bring up is uh, if you did get a chance, or if you didn't, I should say, get a chance to check out the roto High Stakes Lowdown this week, definitely do yourself a favor. Check it out, uh, rotoviz.com slash podcast. You can also check it out at the Blog Talk Radio channel. It's blogtalkradio.com slash lowdown. Mike Dente from Arbor Pro, Fantasy Pros, uh, Roto Baller was on this week. Not only is he an industry guy, he's sixth place in the Football Guys Players Championship, Dave, and he has five below K. He has five below K. However, he does have three teams in the top 40 in the Football Guys Players Championship. So congrats to him. A lot of great stuff from him. blogtalkradio.com. Slash High Stakes Lowdown. We we we've 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 kept her on hold long enough. Let's bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, She is uh, leading the Football Guys Players Championship right now with her team Fake Points. She's also making a strong showing in the main event with King Chubby Butter and PB and Kelly sitting in ninth place. She's a relative fantasy newbie with her first fantasy team assembled only four years ago in the FFPC main event after watching the documentary, Living the Fantasy. She's a recreational poker player turned fantasy football enthusiast and sits atop 7,799 other teams in the FPC right now. Kate Coulson, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much, guys. I'm excited to be here.
0: Okay, a bit of trivia on living the fantasy. You may have not noticed this, but there was a scene, assuming it made it to the final cut, I do believe it did. Um, But there was a scene in there at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship where Dave and I were interviewing Kimra uh, Kimra Schlischer, who was uh, drafting at the KFFSC. there There was a shot of her. Of us interviewing her live on this very program in that in that uh, in that documentary. I don't wow. know.
1: So this is did. I remember it completely. So that, that was that was part of why I ended up playing fantasy with you guys because that looked so this, fun yeah. and it was so interesting listening to her story of what she did. That's how I ended up here. There,
0: there you go, Dave. Amazing. Bringing people together is what <laughs> is, uh, is what we do. Bringing people to the FFPC.
2: Uh, sure we'll, the interview with as captivating as this was. Oh, no question. Yeah. Well, this, some it, of questions. The worst. The good this, responses.
0: This, this is. Yeah, we get great responses. I can't. I can't speak to the questions uh, too much. Kay, before we get into the fantasy football portion, tell the listeners, in addition to playing poker, uh, what you do for a living.
1: I do have a real job. Uh, I have a consulting group called Elective Medical Marketing, and we help ophthalmologists grow their surgical practices. So, Kay, any I'm based out of, on that? <laughs> If, uh, if you no, want to no, talk I, about LASIK or cataract surgery, I'm the person you want to talk to. But uh, probably that's not <laughs> what the topic is tonight.
2: I have no comments on LASIK other than I had it, and it's uh, wonderful. Yeah, you like it. I you sure. it. I'm a exactly. believer. You just those thick layers of cataracts oh, off yeah. your
0: eyes now. It's just, oh, God, yeah. it's it's so, so much better worse. looking <laughs> at you. It's fantastic,
2: <laughs> for sure. Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. All right, so, Kay, Saquon Barkley was your first round picking this draft. He's coming off a 14-test performance in Week 2, Happen to match my boyfriend, Christian McCaffrey, uh, and also Chris Thompson. That's 14 catches for all these backs. Uh, Do you think these TPR backs are going to win uh, win a lot of people big money in 2018?
1: I think absolutely they're going to win money. I mean, you know, the game is changing. If you look at the top – five running backs in 2016 they were getting five to seven targets a game just in two games this year which we know the first two weeks were crazy scoring but they're getting twice as many 10 to 12 targets a game and you look at the increase 50 percent increase in targets for wide receivers that's where the game is going and and so ppr is a lot more fun to play and it makes it a lot more interesting because everybody on the field basically has got to be able to catch the ball that's where they're going
0: and then I think it's interesting, too, and I, I think of drafts next year, how it's going to go. You know, a lot of the reasons that people don't like drafting running backs early is because of the pounding, the violent hits that these guys take, you know, 15, 20 times a game. Well, if you have a guy who plays running back who plays primarily in space and, and is not taking those vicious hits, I mean, maybe they become more valuable. And, and, you know, we saw the resurgence of the running back this year, Kay. We could see even more pass catchers rising up you know, round two, round three, round four, you know, for these guys that went in like round seven this year, it may not be that uh, all that out of the ordinary next year to see all these pass catching running backs going early.
1: I think so. I mean, I think all of us felt like running back by committee makes it really hard to draft, but running back by committee says I can get number one or number two, because they're going to get kind of equal rotation. And we're not so vulnerable to losing a whole team because of injury. And I think it makes the whole season more interesting.
0: Okay, congr- I you got to tell you, first of all, congrats on, on leading the Football Guys Players Championship. I always say this, you know, I know it's early in the season, but to lead a national competition like this at any point is certainly a testament uh, to your fantasy chops and, and certainly something to hang your hat on. So congratulations on that. You made a lot of sharp picks, obviously, in this draft. You get Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, who's been flat out crushing it, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been amazing so far. You also loaded up on some reserve running backs in the back end of your draft, that have actually already been paying some pretty good dividends for you. How typical, when you look at your, draft, uh, your drafts over the last few years, how typical is it when you get to those double-digit round picks the, that you're using them on running backs like T.J. Yeldon, like Bilal Powell, like James Conner, you know, sort of these guys that all they need is the opportunity and, and they can be a, a top 12, top 15 uh, running back. Is this typically how you like to use those double-digit round picks there?
1: No, I think you know this speaks to me only playing fantasy for four years. I'm really learning how to try to draft better. And I think the situation over the last few years is I get guys that are sort of okay on the bench and maybe they're five or eight points. But it, it, the key here was try to get guys that have the potential to be to 20-point guys, because that's the only way we're really going to be in the money at the end. And so it was looking for those, and I spent more time paying attention to the depth charts, which I had not done before. Previously when I was drafting, I would just look at the rankings. And so I was really paying attention to uh, RB1, RB2, wide receiver 1, wide receiver 2, making sure that that happened, that the guys we got yelled in, Powell, Connor, I mean, those were sort of an interesting story because I drafted fake points on September 2nd, and that was the next day Le'Veon Bell was supposed to report. And so nobody was really paying attention, and he went in round 14, and I took him, I was paying attention to him and to um, Kelly, John Kelly, in case something would happen to Bell or to Gurley. And by the time we uh, drafted our last main event team on the Friday night, the 7th, Connor was already up to round 7 because everybody got the feeling Bell wasn't going to come in. So he's just been a ton of points that was really fortunate on the timing. Powell, we had him last year. He didn't really do anything. This year he seemed to be kind of even. You thought he was going to get even carries, even points maybe with Crowell. I thought he'd be a lot better last night than he was, but I didn't play him, but I thought he was going to do more. He didn't. And then Yeldon, we had Fournette last year, so we had some experience with Fournette with injuries. And the sense was Fournette's never going to make it a whole season. Let's make sure we have Yeldon because he'll get a lot of carries. So it just happened to fall in our favor for this team.
0: Dave, I'm thinking of of just – as an aside, I have Leonard Fournette in that Gridiron Legends Dynasty team, our Dynasty League that we are playing together. Oh yeah, you want to share it to me? I think i I just like putting him out there, just because I, I, I feel it, like I, I feel like this is like like what Kate's saying. Like I feel like he's just never going to be the type of guy that can make it I, uh, through a, a whole season. I agree. You should deal with me. Okay, listen.
2: What's
0: up? Sarcasm aside, I, 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 I will do. I will I will talk to you about dealing him because right. I'm not competing this year, and and I will I'll see what we can do. All right, I like that. Go ahead. Let's get All right, back, back, back to the interview.
2: Yes, we'll, we'll hash that out afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Casey. So your team's sitting in ninth place overall in the FFTC main event. Kudos to you on that. You selected Emmanuel Sanders on both of those teams. And, by the way, in Kentucky I got Emmanuel Sanders nowhere, even though I wanted him all over the place. Chad Schrader kept taking him on me. So what are some of the reasons why you like Sanders this year?
1: Well, I'm in Denver, so and we're Denver season ticket holders, so we're pretty crazy about football in my family. And, and so we're, you know, you're watching DTE, watching Emmanuel, watching um, – uh, the new guys coming in watching case and and the frustration is you know uh, here if you're a Denver fan uh, DeMarius can't hold on to anything and Case and Emmanuel have a really good rapport and so DeMarius always gets taken first it's always it's astounding to me where it appears that DeMarius gets 1000 yards because I don't know how he does not catch any balls in the in the Denver Post today he's the second lowest um, completion percentage of any wide receiver in in the nfl which i didn't know golden tate is the only one worse and i love golden tate but emmanuel is great so you know dt's had 21 targets and and he's only got 25 points where emmanuel uh fantasy points emmanuel's only had 15 targets he's already got 43 points case trusts him he knows if he throws in the ball he's going to hold on to it we go to the games It's usually red zone in the morning, and then if Denver's in town, we go to the game in the afternoon or the evening. And so it's always nice to have a hometown person to cheer for, and Emmanuel was our guy this year.
0: Kay, as long as we're talking Broncos with you, uh, let's get to it. There's one in the chat. Well, uh, I'm going to get to Bourbon City Ballers in in the chat room. Kevin Williamson had a question about uh, Denver running backs, but as long as we're talking about receivers, let me ask you a question uh, about uh, Demaryius Thomas as well as Cortland Sutton. Thomas. Uh, I, I don't know if he's playing with, with some sort of an injury this year. I looked at some of the, the catches, some of the drops he had, and it's just like I can't believe he's missing like – like almost like he needs bifocals or something, that, he, that he's misjudging. Maybe he Maybe he needs LASIK. <laughs> this is okay, the is Listen. <laughs> you should get your marketing. You, you, you know, get some, it's Von Va- 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 Miller Va- who has terrible vision,
1: but he won't have LASIK because it's, his glasses are sort of part of his look. I think the issue with Demarius, I mean, it's a really good point. Demarius has not been good since he got the big payday. And I think it has to do with he's just not willing to be hit. And I don't fault these guys. I mean, I think we're seeing the game change underneath this with CTE and the concussion protocol. But he's not willing to be hit. He's not paying attention to that. And I just don't think he's ever going to be what he was. I, you know, He's being replaced by these other guys.
0: Okay, that's perfect because this is my next question for you. He is a fourteen million dollar cap hit next year. If he does get released, I would imagine that Cortland Sutton is going to be a big or have a big time role in this Denver passing offense. The early, I mean, everything I've read about Cortland Sutton thus far has been really, really good. Is he going to live up to this hype? I mean, is he the type of guy that could be the number one quarter or number one quarterback, number one receiver for this team for years to come?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, he's that good. And he's, you're going to see, I think, even through the rest of the season, that DT will gradually. There's going to be an injury to DT, and then it'll be Emmanuel and Cortland. And having Royce and having Philip Lindsay in the backfield and the, the ability for those two guys to kind of alternate, I think Cortland Sutton's going to be, I, I wanted him on some of my teams. We didn't end up getting him, but he's going to be good.
0: Uh, let's switch to the Denver backfield. Bourbon City Ballers in the chat room wants to know if you would be okay starting both Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Whether you know it be your two running backs or maybe two flexes or what you know having both of those guys in your lineup uh, this week as as I believe Denver is taking on uh, they are on the road at Baltimore this week. Would you so, be okay? Oh, would you be st- okay starting Freeman and Lindsay?
1: No. No, not at all. (laughs) I would absolutely... Philip Lindsay, so I went to see you, and so I'm really passionate about Buff football, too. Philip Lindsay is just this... Spark plug and he finds a way to get open he finds a way to score he brings unbelievable energy into the huddle he's the guy that's going to get the points and i think royce is going to be good but but it everybody's amazed that philip is really outperforming royce right now the only place i'd really be starting two guys on the same team is something like ap and chris thompson i would not do it for denver and i wouldn't do it against baltimore
0: Okay, so there you go. Don't I mean it's not a good week to implement the uh, the dual Denver running back strategy according to the uh, ophthalmologist marketer to the stars, Kay Coulson in, in, uh, I love in that. glorious Denver, yeah. Colorado. That's great. Kay, uh, we're talking with Kay Coulson, who is leading the Football Guys Players Championship right now, ninth place overall in the FFPC main event. On both of those teams, Kay, and you alluded to this earlier. You have John Kelly sitting there on both your rosters. Have you considered? releasing him knowing that Malcolm Brown's actually been running ahead of him as Todd Gurley's backup or do you know that or do you believe that if Gurley does go down John Kelly's talent will trump Malcolm Brown and and Kelly will actually still be the guy that you'll want to deploy in your starting lineups if you lose Gurley
1: Absolutely that's exactly what I think is going on so Malcolm Brown is just there to sort of give Gurley some a, a breather now and then and I think the interesting thing about Gurley is I, I think he's going to wear out. I mean, there's sort of two things going on there. They're, he's going to wear out, and they're keeping Kelly fresh. Don't run him in and out. I mean, he had a great preseason, and and I hope Gurley doesn't get hurt. I don't have him, but I hope for everybody else he doesn't get hurt. But Kelly's going to be the guy that comes in fresh. I mean, Gurley's had 108 snaps this year, and that's versus 92 last year in the first two games. That's that's on track to do to have – 900 snaps in a game. There's only one back that gets that. That's Bell. And, and if you look at everything going on with concussion protocol and this sort of committee work with the running backs, it, I think going forward, if, it, if you really pay attention to snap counts, they're going to keep those guys all around 600 snaps over the course of the season. So there's just these guys that start out superhuman for a year or two, taking 50% more snaps than the rest of them. Their bodies just can't take it. And so I'm holding on to Kelly because I've learned my lesson in the past where I had guys sitting on the bench that were zero points for eight weeks, and at some point I decide I need to trade them because I'm trying to get somebody else um, uh, for my dollars, and and I'm not going to do it this year. If Gurley would go down, this guy's going to plug right in and be a lot of points
2: i like I, that. Gonna, I, like that I got another reason. sort of
1: topic about that that I think is going to be kind of a big deal. It's a little bit off topic, but, I'll, but I'll, I, I want to see what you guys think about this. You know, we didn't uh, – last year I don't think we had teams that had a buy in week 12, did we? I think all the buys were done by week 11. Yeah, last,
2: last year the NFL didn't do it
1: yeah, and so this year, and, and of course, if, if I had had a number one pick, I would have taken Gurley. I didn't. And I'm, I've got four teams, and I didn't have Gurley anywhere. But the thing that was really worrying to me is Gurley, uh, the Rams have a bye week 12, as does Kansas City. And I think, you know, this sort of goes back to your question of who's going to make you money in the running back core. Is it the lead guy or is it some of these other guys? All these people that have Gurley stacked with the Rams defense or with Goff the people who have Mahomes stacked with Hill, they're going to hit Week 12, first week of the playoffs. And, and we really tried to structure our team this year not just to win our league but to try to really make some money in the playoffs. They're, I mean, how do you replace those guys when you get to Week 12 in the first week of your playoffs? You're going to lose a lot of points on those guys, and I think Week 12 buys are going to loom large uh, in the season this year on who makes real money.
0: I totally agree with you, Kay. This was something that I felt was actually not talked about a lot in the pre-draft process, and I, w- I was actually surprised. I thought more people would bring it out. You know, it's not like it was, you know, Cleveland and, say, the Jets who, who had the Week 12 buys. It was two teams with significant fantasy uh, producers on both squads. I think if you look at uh, or if you talk to a lot of the high-stakes players out there, um, they, they often will structure their teams based on not necessarily who has the best matchup in Week 12, but avoiding guys – who, who will for sure not be playing that weekend? You know, right. Right, when it comes down to to the opening week of the playoffs. So I think you make a really good point there. And we may, you know, there's there's a the other line of thinking out there is which oh, is my line. Okay, go. You know, Dave, I'll let you make this point. Well, I was just
2: say, my my point would be that I would still take that sub player, and that I would feel comfortable that if, if Gurley's a 20 point player, you should you probably will have a third number three running back that is a 10 point back at worst, maybe better. Whatever. Let's just say you lose 10 points. And the odds of you losing your week twelve matchup by ten points or less invariably are not that good. I mean, my opinion has always been that you're either gonna kick the crap out of that person or you're gonna get smoked. And that's generally how it goes. I mean, the argue, it's like look at the you look at the matchups like, oh, according to this I'm gonna you know it's one fifty-four to one forty seven, and then you know what happens? They they score two hundred and five points, you score one twenty, you can't believe that happened, or vice versa. But so my, my point is that maybe only like fifteen percent of the time, twenty percent of the time will that come into play. It might even be less than that, but again, that's just my take. And I've never had it happen to me. And I guess if it happened to me and I lost, I'd be like, nah, damn it! Over, over.
0: over. Yeah, you overcompensate for it. Like yeah, in yeah. Years I, I mean, I, I'll I tell know. you.
1: For us, the last two years, that's happened. Where it's come down to either a point or two points in making the difference. I mean, it's so small and it's so frustrating. And you think, how can this happen? So we tried to think about that as we drafted this year and and you know it it may not be an issue because we're at week two a lot of things are going to happen with injuries going forward but if you take the rams and the chiefs at week 12 and then you take the patriots that have a bye in week 11 you got a lot of potential points that are going to be inactive and that's going to impact people who really tried to stack that on their teams
2: so now we've been talking about young's running back spry let's talk about Marshawn lynch who didn't even play for a whole year and adrian <laughs> peterson who uh you know got suspended and who don't the the want basically didn't play for a year yeah, also sat out for a year so you've got him then the eighth and tenth rounds two starting running backs uh and you know ap's killing it lynch is looking all right so do you think high stakes players are guilty of you know falling you know going gaga for these young running backs you know, like Nick Chubb, Ronald Jones, you know, I'm guilty of that myself. Tony Michel, Sony Michelle, Tony Michelle, Penny. Yeah, I mean, any of those guys could end up still doing well, except for Rojo, probably. Uh, but you think they're yes, guilty of aging running backs so with a little bit left in the tank? they are still been too far?
1: I I think they are, and again, I think that's just part of the game changing that we're seeing many more people playing that position, so we're trying to figure out, all right, how do we match it up so that we get reasonable points out of each one of them. You know, Marshawn Lynch, we took in the eighth round, and and, and the interesting part there is he was the 40th uh, running back taken in that draft for, for us. 40th running back, and he's a number one on the depth chart, and this is part of what made a difference for me this year. Rather than just paying attention, we use fantasy pros to really kind of use their draft assistant, and then we use your rankings that are there as we're drafting. But, but then um, I had the, the actual depth charts from the teams, and when we start getting down into those rounds, I'm really looking at – Who are the RB1s and 2s? Who are the wide receiver 1s and 2s that maybe have been overlooked? Marshawn was absolutely one of those guys. And, you know, he kind of has something to prove trying to make it work on this team. And AP really has something to prove. And we we took him mainly because he was going to be a handcuff for Thompson, even though sometimes that's not a great strategy. Uh, We did not imagine that he was going to have the points he did. We thought Thompson would have them all. So that's just been a bonus for us.
0: Yeah, you definitely don't want to underrate the aging running backs, and, and um, you know clearly you're a perfect example of uh, of why what can happen when you when you when you scoop up that value there. Uh, Kay, I'm I'm going to ask you. Let's talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I said this on the on the high stakes lowdown this week. This is a fantasy football podcast so I am contractually and legally obligated to bring up Ryan Fitzpatrick at least once in the program. I am taking advantage of that opportunity right now. He was your big free agent acquisition last week in the main event. I'm going to ask you to look into the Coulson crystal ball here for a second. Do you think that he keeps Jameis Winston out of the starter's role for the remainder of the season or or at least a significant portion of the season? And if that is the case, could Ryan Fitzpatrick be? Is he well? I should ask you this. I know he could be. Is he going to be a top twelve quarterback this year?
1: Well, I hope so. You know, I mean, that's why we picked him up. It's so. Who knows with Fitzmagic? I mean, you hope. And after the press conference, like it was last week, I hope he's there all the time. That was hysterical. But he's looked <laughs> fantastic. And and I think uh, you know, he's my this is This is maybe where we really get some feedback and where I embarrass myself in my fantasy knowledge, but we actually i, I I'm going to bench Rogers this week and play Fitz instead. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. it.
0: That's fantastic. <laughs> that I great. mean, you, you know, look at that and you daddy. say
1: you know Fitzpatrick's playing against the Pittsburgh defense, they give up a ton of points to quarterbacks. Rogers is immobile. And Washington does not give up points to quarterbacks. And, you know, at best I could play Rodgers and maybe he'll get 20 or 25 points. But Fitz, I don't think, is going to get less than 20 against Pittsburgh. Those are shootouts. And maybe we get 40 or 45 points out of him. So it seems crazy, but I think we're going to do that this week. And maybe Fitz only lasts a few more weeks, but he didn't cost a lot to pick up, and I hope he's great.
0: Yeah, I was, you know, I was doing a – can't remember what show it was, but I was doing a fantasy show this week, and I brought up how I said I would be starting Patrick Mahomes, no question, over Aaron Rodgers this week, and everybody looked at me like I was a moron. And i just like, yeah, a local you, show, though, you know? Right? But yeah, one, it was local. I can't remember. All the Packer name. fans. Yeah, and and I'm like, well, Mahomes has two healthy knees right now, uh, you know, and and Rodgers does not. So I, and you know, Mahomes is setting these NFL records. So, and that's Mahomes. But I think Fitzpatrick over Rodgers too is, I, I certainly don't disagree with it. That you know. Bits magic on Monday night football, Dave, under the lights with a, a total of 53 and a half going up against that hapless Steelers defense. I mean, he could have another Baco night uh, this week as well. So so total, that's I'm, what I I'm hope totally for. I mean, I think,
1: think Rodgers had a grudge match in that he was not going to not play against Minnesota. He had to play. But does he have that same passion as this has settled out? You know, the word this week does not seem that good. I'd be interested in you guys' point of view because on another one of my teams, we're debating whether we we should play Fitz over Drew Brees.
0: Ooh, that is interesting. Um, hmm. I see, you know, the thing is, like, Michael Thomas is running so hot right now, and Drew Brees has obviously been the beneficiary of that. Uh, New Orleans is – let's see, what are they doing this week? They are on the road. Am I looking at that right, Dave? New Orleans? They're playing. They're oh, playing Atlanta. Yeah, no, they're, they're at Atlanta. Yeah, okay. Um, ah. I might I might start Fitzpatrick over. I, here's the thing. I think if it was my team, Kay, I don't think I would have. I don't, I don't think I would have the hutzpah to do it myself. But if it was somebody else's team, would be like, yeah, do it for sure. I mean, I yeah, could no. definitely see how Fitzpatrick works out. Um, you know, at home against the Steelers, rather than we always talk about the quarterback who gets to sleep in his own bed, Dave. Uh, Drew Brees will not be doing that this week and Ryan Fitzpatrick will be so there's certainly a decent case for Fitzpatrick over Breeze. Uh, yeah, I generally just Well, my main quarterback, my, uh, my uh, lead main event
1: football. team that's number 9 right now um is if I play Fitzpatrick and Evans and OJ Howard which I have I'm, I'm going all in on that game, saying if it goes crazy, that could vault me to near the lead of the main event, and is it worth doing? Is it worth jeopardizing that position? So that's kind of the, the struggle going on right now.
2: Yeah. My, my take on that would be no to, to actually play it safe, to be honest. Go, go ahead, Breeze. Yeah, because, I mean, you already have the other two guys going. I think you are going to be all right. And, I mean, you don't, there's, no, there's no prize for being in first place in the main event after three weeks. In fact, even after 10, but after 11, there's a prize. Yeah, that's that, that so, is true. Yep. But I you know it's yep. it's you. I mean it's your team you have been crushing it so far, so you know, our advice is worth, you know,
0: not much. Yeah, let's let's let, all we can do is we'll we'll offer <laughs> our input but uh <laughs> but, but go with your gut because that is that is batting a thousand so far, Kay uh, yep. on this yep. uh on this young season. I'll tell you something well, who's not bad. This is a thousand an
1: interesting conversation, year. so we'll see how we go on that one.
0: Exactly, yes. Dave, go ahead.
2: Well, speaking of bad coaching, Mike McCoy's the offensive <laughs> coordinator for the Cardinals, and good God, he doesn't know how to use David freaking Johnson. One target through two weeks. Is that right?
0: I don't know if that's right. Does
2: Whatever. Let's pretend it is. Yeah, pretend yeah. It is it's, it's, it's wrong. Who cares? Um, will he start resembling a player we remember from 2016? Will Sam Bradford get pulled for Rosen? I mean, at least the Browns did it. They supposedly had no choice last night. Uh, what do you think about David Johnson going forward?
1: yeah I have p t s d from David Johnson because we had uh, the number two pick on on the main event team last year and took him and of course you know halfway way in the first game he's gone, and we never could recover. We ended up having two teams, but that team we just we had we didn't do well, so I'm really skeptical was really skeptical about whether he would come back and and you it's terrible you know i you listen to matthew berry and and he says everybody who owns david johnson is walking the plank and and i and you know <laughs> other opinions i've read said there's there's no hope for there's no hope for johnson there's no hope for fitzgerald there's no hope for that team unless there's rational coaching and it's crazy when you look at their numbers i mean they're just not on the field for offense at all they're on the field half the number of snaps that that somebody like a Pittsburgh is there's no way to get any points so is it a problem because the run game doesn't get going and so the pass game can't get going or are you not passing enough so that you can't back them up off of the run game you know it looks like where they're really falling down is on the passing side from where they were a few years ago but I I have I don't have anybody on that team and on uh, on Arizona and I don't want them I think they're going to be a disaster
2: well, I think that's a lesson you learn, and you, take, you can look at the Buffalo Bills as well. And if you, if you envision a team being dysfunctional for the year, being a 4-12 and 12 team, and let's say they were 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and 9 or 8-8 and 8 before, but you look at the Cardinals, you look at the Bills, and you're like, this team is just going to be awful this year for whatever reason, but the Cardinals, it looks like the quarterback situation and the coaching. And that just – it goes – it spirals. It's quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers. It's the whole offense, and it just becomes this dumpster fire, and there's no reason you want to be involved with any of that. Right. And the key is really trying to predict it before the season – I think we did it with the bills pretty well. I don't know if we I don't know if we warm people off on David Johnson
0: all that much. The uh, other thing I want to bring up to uh, David Johnson: eleven targets on the season. Dave, he had nine not in week both. one. They're Only, both ones, two ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only two targets last week, and that's when Steve Wilkes said that uh, he's probably going to be running uh, from the slot more. So at least I'd like to think Arizona's smart enough to. At least force the ball to
2: him? Yeah, he'll be fine. I bet he's going to be fine to see. I'd like to see. But, you know, so 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 I look at not
1: just that. I mean, targets matter a ton, but when I'm looking at overall offense, it's like what potential do you have? And that snaps, too. And here, you know, Connor, who's just been this fantastic replacement for Bell, he's been on the field for 150 snaps. Johnson's been on the field for 70 snaps. I mean, when you and and then even when he's on the field, are they using him right? You can take Antonio Brown; he's on the field 160 snaps, and Fitzgerald's been on for 80. They just are not even on the field to have a chance to do anything.
0: It's 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 not. It's listen. The the good thing about this is that you'd like to think it's going to get better because it can't get any worse. But I mean, I've said that before, and it's still. Found a new level. Well, well, we'll see what happens with that. But certainly, it's, uh, it's all anybody was talking about this week uh, with David Johnson, for sure. Kay, let's get to a couple of emails here uh, that we got from listeners this week. First one's from Greg in Danville, Illinois. This is an interesting one. He says, hey, Kay, I already have Gordon and James Conner locked in as my running backs and Smith-Schuster as one of my flexes. So I can only play Fournette at home versus the Titans or Giovanni Bernard at Carolina, which back should I start? Nice work in the main and, excuse me, FPC so far. That's Greg in Danville, Illinois. Greg, thanks for the email. So it comes down to uh, Leonard Leonard Fournette, who got in three limited practices this week, versus Giovanni Bernard, who should be the lead running back, uh, sans Joe Mixon for the Bengals this week. Which one would you be playing? Is it Fournette uh, at home against the Titans, or, or is it Giovanni Bernard in Carolina?
1: Well, I've got Mixon on my team, and so, you know, I've been hurt by him being out. I, I never feel like Giovanni can it, – it, it doesn't matter kind of who he's playing. He doesn't put up good points, where Fournette can put up good points. Um, I'd be inclined, even with the injury, to go ahead and play Fournette. You'd get a, a half a good game of Fournette. It's going to be better than a full game of Bernard, I think.
0: Dave, your thoughts on that, if you had this, uh, if you were faced with this decision?
2: You know, I'm going, to, I'm going to slightly lean Geo uh, just because he's not on the injury report and he's a great pass catching back. And Cincinnati, I feel like they're going to use him regardless. They, don't have a whole, they really don't have a whole lot of options. If they're losing the second half, Geo's catching passes. If they're winning the second half, they're running the ball to Geo. So I, I feel like that uh, he's going to get usage regardless.
0: All good points. Here's my thought on it. And, and, and I, we have an email coming up uh, later on in the program about the Titans this week. I don't think that – I think Jacksonville rolls them this week and I think a big part of that is Leonard Fournette salting this game away in the second half as they nurse a double-digit lead. I don't. I, I think Fournette represents the higher ceiling. I don't know if he's going to catch as many passes as Bernard, but it sounds like Yellow's right. not going to play, so maybe some of those catches will go to Fournette as well. I would actually lean towards Fournette over Bernard. I think this is a great situation to be in <laughs> to make this decision. Probably of both right? of you can yeah. Well, I mean, that, but if you look at he's already got Melvin. Would you start either of them over Melvin Gordon or James no. Conner? I mean, that's... No, you can't. And then... F-
2: this FPC.
0: And, uh, Yeah, I'm assuming. And Juju Smith-Schuster is one of his flex. I mean, you got to play Smith-Schuster on Monday night against Tampa, right? Oh, yeah. J- 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 J-
2: J- I mean, you have, you have 19 targets last week. It was I mean, insane, yeah. You, you can't start out of 19 targets... I don't. I don't even know what. I'm almost to play thinking anymore. Greg. Greg from Danville, Illinois, just <laughs> wanted to
0: brag about his roster. <laughs> yeah, no, Greg. <laughs> <my> <laughs> I'm gonna
2: be sitting you there for another Geo. Who are you, Greg? Enjoy your championship. Yeah, Get lost. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Moving on to Ray in Santa Barbara, California. What's up, fake points? Who would you start if you were me in the Football Guys Players Championship this week? Devin Funchess hosting Cincy or Tyler Lockett getting the Cowboys in Seattle? Thank you for the email, Ray in Santa Barbara, California. Uh, receiver question here: Is it Funchess or is it Lockett for UK in this scenario?
1: You know, I have neither of these guys on any of my team, so I'm going to defer to you guys. I have no idea on those two.
0: <laughs> Dave, do you have any thoughts on it? it's Funchess um, getting the Bengals at home, or it's Tyler Lockett also uh, getting at home the Dallas Cowboys? And Doug, by the way, Doug Baldwin already ruled out for this game.
2: Yeah, you know that's a tough one actually because Lockett's been doing well. I actually do lean towards Funches a little bit. He's actually been pretty consistent, like a regular WR two now. Yep. What was he, seven for seventy seven last week and uh he's been getting pretty consistent targets. I, I think I like Funches. Even though uh, they're even talking about getting DJ Moore more involved.
0: Right. I, I'm with you on Funches. Uh in the chat room, uh Aunt Jemima Wasp guy, our resident uh, experts there in the chat room also weighing in, they like Funches over Lockett there as well. So good stuff. Yeah, I mean I think the problem with November.
1: Lockett is that they the Seattle just is not giving Wilson any time to throw. We saw that when they were in Denver right. we were watching him last week. I mean, I think Seattle's going to be a worry until that offensive line can shore up. So that makes Lockett pretty risky.
2: They might be even locking into the block, for all we know. Yeah, who knows? At this yeah. point,
0: I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's, uh, that You talk about um, teams that have to get right with their offenses. Seattle's right up there with Arizona, Buffalo, and the like. Carroll's going to go through a lot of gum this weekend,
2: I'll tell you
0: that much. But you know what? You'd never you ne- you'd never know if the offense is struggling if you ask Pete Carroll about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Rashad, you know, he went out there. He made a lot of great plays. We liked him. We Chris Carson, yeah, he would have been great in the second half, but we had him blocking for punts and whatever it was. He was winded. Yeah, he was winded from all that special teams action and, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, he's fantastic. O-line's great. Everything's great, 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 great. Seattle. Come to Seattle. Seattle.com. Uh, Kay, you've been very gracious with your time. Before we let you go, uh, Dave does have one final question for you uh, that uh, this is more of a service to the listeners
2: and us. That Most of yeah, mostly us for Kentucky. Uh, give us an early round sub that you think you might want to think twice about starting this weekend as well as a lower round sleeper that deserves to be in the lineups this week.
1: Well, I think I talked about my early round stud that I think I'm going to think twice about, and that's Rodgers and sitting him for fits. You know, I I expect that Golden Tate should have been a stud. He was early round for me, and he's been kind of frustrating, but I'll, I'll still keep him in. Um, I think a sleeper, you know, somebody who's coming on, and again, I think this is just all that's going on in Tampa Bay, is Deshaun Jackson. You can, in my drafts, I mean, Deshaun Jackson didn't get picked up till way late. 18, 19, 20th round. Some places didn't get picked up and only got acquired um, here in the in the last few weeks when we've been able to acquire players. So I think he's gonna be a sleeper because he's putting up he doesn't get a whole lot of targets, but huge points when he does.
0: Great stuff. Fantastic. Kay Coulson, the leader of the Football Guys Players Championship, ninth place overall in the FFPC main event. Uh, Kay, listen. Best of luck to you the rest of the way. You have uh, a couple of fan, not not just a couple. You got another great, really good team uh, as well this year in the FFPC. And I got to tell you, for you know this being your fourth year of fantasy football, I, I certainly don't want to be any le- in it any league. Yeah, football. I know. I don't. I don't want to be in any league <laughs> that you are going forward because I feel like I'm going to get dominated. and It won't be close. Congrats <laughs> on all the success thus far, and best of luck to you the rest of the way.
1: Thank you so much, guys. I enjoyed it. Good night.
0: Kay, Kay Colson, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic stuff from her. Yeah, was um, awesome. Yeah, and, and honestly, if I'm ever, and here's the great thing, Dave, if we're ever in the Mile High City in need of some sort of, um, you know, when, when we're uh, climbing a mountain, if we're ever in need of some sort of uh, prescription goggles, we we will go to Kay and say, hey, what ophthalmologist do you recommend here? And she'll give us a bevy of choices.
2: You know, honestly, if I'm going to be in the mountains in, in Colorado, I'll probably want some non-prescription ganja, not the goggles. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe we can get both. <laughs> Kay, can you recommend somebody who sells we're, weed we're and and a great prescription for for my eyes? Hey, uh, I was gonna, I forgot to bring this up to you before. Um, maybe this is just me. I don't think it is. I think other guys do this. Um, do you ever, when you know you really have to hit the head bad, do you ever time how long it takes you for your urination to complete? <laughs> Well, I don't know why you're bringing. This I'm up. bringing this up because I want to tell you something. Just yeah, I thought, I
2: thought we talked about this privately in the past. Yeah, I'm bringing it up on well, the like, show. You know, like, you know, yeah, like you go to like a pastrami, and you're like, wow, I wonder if this is like like the top ten longest you know whizzes I've ever had to take. Right, right, right.
0: And that's honestly, Brewers games is where I've always had my longest. I, I imagine. I had my longest non-professional sports venue one this morning. I, I, I told you last night. I I went out running after this after the Thursday night game. And I got back and I was hungry and I had this, uh, this uh, pepper steak, um, or not pepper steak, it was like steak and peppers thing. And I, I put it on a tortilla and I put some salsa on it and it, it was, the salsa was way too hot. And I ended up pounding like four glasses of water, you know, a combination. No, last night oh, okay. when I got done running. I, I was, it was a combination of like being dehydrated from running and then also the, the salsa was too hot. And you weren't even drinking it all? No, I did not have any alcohol. Four glasses of water, water, and then I went to bed, right? Right. I woke up this morning, Dave, I couldn't even stand up straight because I had to pee so bad. (laughs) I go to the bathroom, I set my phone down on the counter, and I hit start on the stopwatch. Two minutes
2: and 13 seconds. You actually you actually used a timer? Because I, I just a little bit I, because
0: I woke up. I'm like I'm not gonna be able to mentally do this right now. I'm still half asleep. I haven't had any coffee. So you two went and, minutes, you were,
2: and you sat down on the toilet?
0: No, I didn't sit down.
2: Because I wasn't <laughs> drinking, so I wasn't worried about breaking my nose again.
0: So I th- I thought it was I thought it was fine. So two minutes and thirteen seconds this morning, it was oh, insane. Man. Yeah.
2: yeah, congratulations. Thanks. What did we going to tell you? Well, I just,
0: I thought you'd be more impressed.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, impressed. I'm impressed. I mean, it's pretty good.
0: I've been dying to tell to tell this. I Two couldn't. 13 seconds. Uh, you know, Wasp guy says no way. Um, wasp says he was the bladder of a Cadillac. Right? Yeah.
2: A Cadillac. Yeah. By the way, when we go to Kentucky, I'm like the one kidney little like 13 year old kid, but I'm like we're 40 minutes in and I have to take a leak or I to go to the gas station. Can, hey, can we stop? Hey, hey, anybody we have to go to the bathroom? That's me.
0: I think where it came from was I used to re- uh, referee. I used to umpire these little league and and pony league and Babe Ruth. Uh, games when I was in my twenties, and some of these teams were just ill. They they should not be matched up against each other because one was really good, one was really bad. This happened a lot. Did they have a ten run rule. I would say, yeah, I would, but I would take swigs. There is no like limit of how many runs you could score in an inning, though. So if you have like twenty, yeah, 20 runs, and I I would like take swigs of water or Gatorade or whatever. I'm the umpire. They're not going to stop the game for me to jog all the way to the bathroom, throw <laughs> one, come back. You know, like that—that's not going to happen. Right. So I'm doing everything in my mind to, to, you know, and it was a mental thing. You know, just that. Hey, did
2: you ever, did you ever call someone out who was actually safe because you had a no, to take? No, I never did that. I never because I wouldn't have made the, I,
0: Listen, I make the right calls. Close I'm going to. I, I made the right calls and I still got enough grief from that. So there's no point in me intentionally blowing calls. So anyway, um, I think that's where it came from, and I just started, I started, you know. Coating my bladder with, like, I'm like, I got the Wolverine bladder coated with adamantium. You know, n- nothing's seeping out of there. Well, no, you know, no one's
2: listening anymore to the podcast. So Sorry. I hope you enjoyed your, Move on. Your pissed comments for five minutes.
0: Thanks to football guys, Roto World, Roto Pass, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Larry Fitzgerald listed as questionable for week three against the Bears. Two limited practices uh, on Thursday and Friday after he completely sat out on Wednesday. Steve Wilkes says he's going to be out there. He may not be 100% uh, given that he did miss. Uh, last week's action uh, in the second half, Dave. Are you considering sitting Fitzgerald at all given the state of his hamstring and the offense in general? Uh, Arizona, I'll just tell you this right now. They are going up against. Um, why can I never find this? I am just the worst when it comes to this. I, I, I literally just. Okay. You like a
2: memor- memorization thing. Yeah. Well,
0: okay. So they're at home. It's, I knew they were against the Bears. They're at home. Any chance? And the Bears' defense has actually been a little bit yeah, underrated so far. Pretty darn good, actually. Um, okay, they so get, it's not being underrated.
2: You got Vontae Mack, no matter what. Or whoever's on the list. Uh Khalil
0: Mack. Are you considering sitting Fitzgerald in any of your leagues? You know, the thing about Fitzgerald
2: in, in the leagues I have I mean, is I don't really have like a a close option. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't have like oh, let me uh, just roll off this guy. No big deal. Yeah. So I'm probably starting him. It's mostly in dynasty, but um, I would, if I could bench him, I would probably look to it. I mean, it's a 38 and a half total. They're five-point dogs. Quarterback sucks. Fitz is hurt. Um, I don't know. Where, where's the good news? You know, I, I don't see it, really. Okay.
0: Let me ask you this. This is the – I'm with you on Fitzgerald where I don't have a really good option besides him. How about this, though? This is the one that, that is only – it's close for me. Would you play Larry Fitzgerald at home against the Bears or – would you play, assuming he's active and he plays in a noon game at Kansas City, Marquise Goodwin?
2: Ugh, I don't you know, I don't really own Goodwin anyway, so I don't really have a good one.
0: Uh, Kyle Shanahan says he's expected to be a true game-time decision. And what's, what was his injury again? He missed
2: last week. It was a hamstring. Right. You know, I think if, I mean, if Goodwin's If he goes out and plays, I think I would actually not – I don't think that's a bad choice to consider a good one. If if they say he's good to go.
0: I mean, I am considering him. The question is, do I play him?
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: sure. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Marvin Jones, moving on, Dave.
2: Who?
0: Marvin Jones. Oh,
2: Kenny Galladay is back up.
0: He is listed as questionable for the week three tilt against the Patriots. Tim Twentyman on Twitter reporting this. Marvin Jones was a
2: full participant. Point, that seems like a fake name. That it's point. not a fake
0: name. It's a real name. I don't think it's real. Marvin, well, it's a Twitter name then. Marvin Jones was a full participant on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, however, it sounds like he was injured late in Thursday's practice, the fact that he was listed as questionable with a new ankle injury all of a sudden. Limited mm-hmm. participant today. Kenny Galladay uh, and Marvin Jones have been on the field quite a bit because Detroit is uh, crushing it as far as how many three wide receiver sets they are running um, and obviously operating the most pass-heavy offense in the NFL. Uh, Part of that is because they've been getting drilled. Thus far, New England uh, is who they face on Sunday night. I'm just curious here, Dave, if if Marvin Jones is – I I only own Marvin Jones in two leagues, and I think he's in my starting lineup in both, but Kenny Galladay – I mean, all of a sudden, you you have to get this guy out there in your league. You've got to find a spot for him given this Marvin Jones ankle injury.
2: Yeah, I think if you can. You, you like you said, you try and get him out there. You
0: got to make it happen. You yeah. got to find a way. Well, you know,
2: I, I don't I, I don't get too excited because next thing you know, then allison Galli gets three targets and it's like two for ten, and you're like, oh, what the hell happened to holiday It's like, well, he's the third wide receiver. What do you expect? You know, so it's like that stuff happens. It happens all the time in fantasy.
0: I always make some plays, but
2: I mean, let's get a little, you know, let's not get too hyped up here.
0: Um, Kenny Galladay or Marquise Goodwin?
2: You're asking about guys I don't really own. Well, I mean,
1: you do the show.
2: Yeah, I know, I did. I mean, okay, fine. I would start Galladay probably. Kenny Galladay or Larry Fitzgerald? I would probably, I, I don't know, I guess I'm starting. If I know Fitz is playing... And I know Goodwin's playing. I'm starting Goodwin, then Fitz, then Galladay. So I guess I'm reversing the original list.
0: That's how you rank it. Okay, Goodwin, Fitz, Galladay. So you like oh – boy, I think I'd play him over all of them, Galladay.
2: I don't I, – I think that's being a little bit reactionary. I mean, you know – But
0: Galladay's been great so far. It's not like Yeah, he,
2: Fitz has been great for his entire goddamn career. Yeah, but, but – 16 but freaking years we all favor
0: That is – I am not here to talk about the past, Dave Gerzak. <laughs> I am here – to talk. I am Fitzgerald. I, I am talking about I am talking about the here and now and the future and that is Kenny Galladay. I am playing Galladay over Larry Fitzgerald this week. I don't care. It is going to happen. This is what's great about a, a high Sunday high night and Monday night games, Dave. I don't, I'm no math major, mm-hmm. but I think if you combine the over-unders and you add them up in both those games, it comes out to a robust 423 and a half. So I think you really got to find a way to get both uh, Galladay. You got to
2: get Galladay out. Well, so just, I mean, just, uh, this is from our, our buddy Evan Silva, Roto, Roto, um, Roto World. Roto World. Yeah. Yeah. Roto Wire, Roto, whatever the hell they uh, Golden Tate had 28 targets, Kenny Galladay, 21 through two games. Marvin Jones, only 17, actually. Right. So, you know, Galladay is out targeting Marvin Jones. I think that's important though, to yeah. recognize. I mean, it's, the over under is, I think, 53, you know, 29.5 to 22.5 is what you'd project the game score to be if you went right on the over under. That's a high scoring game at prime time, too, so.
0: More on that game later. We're going to talk about that more. Let's get back to Marquise Goodwin. Uh, I'm, I misspoke earlier. It is not a hamstring injury for Goodwin. It is a quad. He is listed as questionable for Week Three against the Kansas City tweet, uh, t- tweets. The Kansas City Chiefs, this is according to David Lombardi on Twitter. So Goodwin, it sounds like he's going to have a chance to play. Now, if he doesn't go, Dave, this is a noon game. If he does not go, are you more than? I, thank you. <laughs> okay, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm oh, sorry. Is can't get a this analysis from anywhere else. <laughs> guys like Pierre Garçon, George Kittle, Dante Pettis, are any of these guys more exciting to you, guys that you would look to deploy if you know Goodwin is going to be out again? Me personally, I think Garçon is the only attractive guy here. I think if you own George Kittle, you're playing him or sitting him, regardless of what Goodwin does. And Pettis, even if Goodwin misses, I can't play. Feel free to disagree or agree with any of that.
2: Um, you know, Kennel was pretty good in Week One, then also good in Week Two. Uh, Garcon, I, I don't, I'm not feeling it with those guys. And Garoppolo has not been all that great really yet. I mean, uh, I, I'm, i not all that excited about starting. You know, I mean, this is the Chiefs, so I mean, their, you know, their defense is like.
0: Might get Eric Berry. You know, they might get Eric Berry back this week for what it's worth. Yeah, I, I don't
2: know. I, I, I'm not that. I wouldn't. You know, I don't feel comfortable starting rookie, Dante Pettis. I know he's got a little bit of hype behind him, but I'm not that comfortable starting him. Pierre Garcon has not been good. Kittle be the one guy I guess I would look to, yeah. I'd probably try and find somebody else somewhere else if I could.
0: Fair enough. Um, do you have the total up for that game? I'm kind of curious what that game's at. I mean, Patrick Mahomes himself is probably going to put up 42 points.
2: <laughs> uh, oof. 55. Oh, my gosh. She's Chiefs are, Chiefs are six a six-and-a-half-point face.
0: Holy buckets. you you got to get a – yeah. You know, in that case, you know, maybe try and find a little there. <laughs> Garceau <laughs> might be an interesting second flex uh, for you this week. Kittle makes, makes a lovely choice there, uh, in my opinion. Reg- uh, but, I mean, that's regardless if, if Goodwin's in or out. You really want Goodwin to play. I might actually be more, more inclined to play Goodwin um, uh, if he is active for that game. Uh, I,
2: we, uh, yeah, I, I think so.
0: We are going to... We're going to talk about this more, so we don't need to go in-depth to it right now. Kind of... 9 did to top you're, of the hour okay. already. Yeah. Right. Corey Clement, this is a guy I was very excited about. If he doesn't play, who the hell is playing? Exactly, and, and we'll get to that. But he's listed as questionable. This is an addition to the injury report this week uh, against week three, or excuse me, against the Colts in week three. Tom Pellicero on Twitter reporting this. He was added to the injury report today, limited in practice, reportedly, quote, should be fine for Sunday. <laughs> uh, his status is reportedly a precautionary one. Jay and Darren Sproles already... Ruled out, Dave. Who's the, who the trainer? Who's doing the stretching over in this? In this uh, I believe the Chargers' training staff is moonlighting <laughs> over. <laughs> they uh, they're, 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 no, they're helping Philadelphia out here. Guys,
2: stay off the leg extensions and leg machines. They're yeah. not good for your knees. Um,
0: Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams. Did you put any bids in on those guys tonight? No, I didn't. Yeah, I
2: should have. Pre- I should have previewed the show for. Apparently, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> have ever. You know, a lot of Josh people. Interesting, a, lo-
0: a lot of people don't like you as elevated off the practice squad. A lot of people. Who are in the industry? They don't look at the show rundown, the show topics, until right before the show starts. Dave looks at it 12 minutes into the show. Yeah, that's exactly. the first time he he looks at. I like it to be fresh. Yeah. Well, congratulations, mission accomplished. <laughs> Wendell Small with Josh Adams. Who do you like more this week? It sounds like Adams. If if Clement is expected, or if if he is missing, I believe that is a is that a one o'clock game? That is a one o'clock game. Yeah. So you'll know.
2: Um. I guess Smallwood would probably be ahead of Adams, but I mean Adams' talent level is better. I don't know how how comfortable you'd be starting either one of them, but I like. I think Adams is a really good back actually. And overall, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah. I could see Adams in four years starting for some team somewhere. Actually, wasn't, I think was wasn't the
0: tall, big knock on him the the injury aspect that coming out yeah, of the he,
2: Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah, they thought they thought he was not a not a. Not, not like a jaw injury where, like, bone on bone, but just right. like he was injured coming into the process. Yeah, he
0: just, just couldn't stay healthy. I'm fine with, with a guy like that because when he's running hot, you play him, and no. when he's hurt, you don't.
2: I know R.C. Fisher from FF Metrics, College Football Metrics, loved Josh Adams coming into the process, and uh, I think that's notable. You know, R.C. Fisher's he loved David Johnson coming out. Right. I mean, not many other people were all that enthusiastic. He had David Johnson as, like, a first-round caliber pick. Northern Iowa in the third got drafted in the third round. If you had been listening to him at that time, which I had done a little bit, but not enough, I mean, you'd have had him. Yeah. He also You're, had Jordan Matthews, so I guess that was you know, Did yeah. you
0: get any David Johnson in Dynasty when he came out? Yeah, a little bit. I
2: actually, I think I'm in two spots. Nice work.
0: Yeah, whatever. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook uh, and his hamstring listed out for week three against the Bills, thanks to Adam Kaplan on Twitter for this. He was only able to work off to the side and practice throughout the week. That's Dalvin Cook, not Adam Kaplan uh dalvin cook said he'll play but mike zimmer ruled him out for the matchup against the bills on sunday uh he says uh, he exited with cramps prior to the packers overtime session in week two he's played 74 percent of the vikings offensive snaps so far this season dave 16 and a half point favorites are minnesota against buffalo latavius murray looking pretty darn attractive right now to get in your lineup
2: I would have I, I don't there's I'd have to have an amazing team to bench Latavius Murray in any league where I start two running backs. Amazing one, a one flex I mean, he's a top ten bat I mean, sixteen and a half point favorites. Give me a better situation this week in the NFL to start a running back that's gonna be running the ball in the second half than Latavius Murray. let
0: Very right. Let's put this to the test. This is gonna be fun. Would you <laughs> rather play Latavius Murray or David Johnson? Also, you want to start Latavius Murray? Oh, here we go, people. This is going to be fun. Get get ready for it. Buckle up for this ride. All right. Let's
2: put some wagers down. boss. Let's put some
0: fives on it. I'm going to save him for last because I want Dave to purposely go against Latavius Murray here. Uh, Latavius Murray or um, Leonard Fournette? I'll take Murray. Latavius Murray or... No, I know you're gonna say Murray to that one.
2: <laughs> saving for last, you're saving McCaffrey for last. Oh yeah, no, don't ruin it. I guarantee you, I'm taking McCaffrey. Letav-
0: Latavius Murray or Chris Thompson at home against the Packers.
2: Um, I'm gonna take Murray because he's he's guaranteed. Yeah, he's probably locked into like 15 to 20 carries. Okay, yeah, you're probably right. And he can catch all right.
0: Uh, Latavius, I'm playing Chris Thompson by the way. Latavius Murray or Kenyon Drake at home against the Raiders. Um.
2: Uh. I don't know, about the same. I'll take Murray, though. I, w- I agree. Just for the purposes of the segment.
0: Latavius Murray or Tevin Coleman at home against the Saints?
2: I'll take Coleman. That's a shootout. And he's the guy of us this
0: week. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Latavius Murray or – come on, there's got to be – I thought this would be more fun. <laughs> oh, thanks. Sorry. I'm Kareem, hunt, hunt. Kareem Hunt against the Niners. I'll take Hunt, 55 total. Saquon Barkley at Barkley. the Texans. Barkley. Okay, I'm going the wrong way here. <laughs> Going the wrong way, people. Let's I thought, move on. No, no, we're not going to move on yet. Uh, Latavius Murray, I'm going to do two more. Latavius Murray or – I want to talk about him later. Latavius Murray or or Alex Collins at home against the Broncos?
2: Um, I'll take Murray. That Collins game could be one of those, like, 17-10 games. Good point.
0: All right, and, uh, yeah, let's just wrap this up now. This is not as fun as I thought it was going to be. Latavius Murray or Christian McCaffrey? <laughs>
2: Oh well, Murray,
1: right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I guess I'll take the guy 14 catches last so week, and only need 5.7 or something like that to break the all-time running back record for of the year. Yep. Per
0: game. Your tweet was fantastic about Christian McCaffrey this week too. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I have a
2: That was great. Play.
0: That was fantastic. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, fantasy feedback here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Rob, don't play it because we're. I'm trying to keep these shows to an hour, and it never happens. Phil in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Can I get your take on Josh Gordon in New England? Thanks, D&B. Thank you for the email. Phil in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dave, you are a follower of Josh Gordon. Have I don't know, do you
2: currently own him in any
0: Dynasty Leagues?
2: Two. Two Dynasty Leagues. I've, I've been trying to move him. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been trying to move him as this entire process has gone on. Okay. And every one of these leagues is a bunch of
1: whips.
0: Okay, I get it. Now listen to this. The process has entered the New England phase. Yep. What offers have you sent or gotten for him since he's been traded?
2: No offers sent no offers gotten. And I put him on the trade block. The Everybody's block. on a waiting
0: phase. You are not playing him this week, I'm assuming. That's correct. Right. I mean, we don't even know if he's going to be active. Um, as you look at Josh Gordon from a season-long scope, there are 14 games left for New England. I'm going to set the over-under on games played at nine and a half for Gordon. Are you taking the over or under? I'll
2: take the over. Okay. I'm going to set his catch. So I think that Trader said 10, right? The, the trade said he had to have 10 games yeah.
0: played. Yep. I'm going to set his total catches at 60. Are you taking the over or under? Under. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. No, that was quick. I, th- I thought I was being a little generous. Well, I guess I was being generous if you're taking the under and 60 catches.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's sixty for the rest of the year. Yeah, probably. yeah.
0: New England has fourteen more games.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I've, yeah, I think I, I'm going to still stick with under. Still stick under because there's, you know I still have the, the whatever percentage of him just flaming yeah. out for whatever reason or getting cut for okay. whatever purpose.
0: Uh, touchdowns. I'm setting at six and a half,
2: over or under. If I was betting, I would take the under. I actually kind of think I would take. I think. Even the receptions, I actually think he might get over. But if I'm betting, I'm actually betting on the under on both these. Eight hundred receiving yards. Uh, I would take the over on both. Oh, okay. so both, both betting and actually might just take.
0: And so I mean, with those numbers, the rest of the way, if if you throw out the first two weeks of the season, that's probably a top twenty-five receiver, right?
2: Yeah.
0: For, for, I guess fringe top twenty-five, maybe top thirty is, is better. Here's the thing about Gordon: it's not.
2: He's very unlikely to be close to those numbers. Do you think he's going to shatter him or not come close at all? I don't know about shatter him. He'll probably be over them or he'll be well below them. Yeah. I don't know which one it's going to be. Okay.
0: I, I've heard the that his ceiling is, from more than one pundit out there, that his ceiling is Randy Moss 2007.
2: Well, I, mean, you, I mean, you look at him, and he's like insane. I mean, he's like a hardcore ripped, right? You mean, you look at him, he's like, looks fantastic. Yeah. It's not like... You know, if you look at some people, you look at like James Winston, it looks like he just got drunk the night before, right? He's like, he's he a puffy, 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 fat, whatever. Gordon looks Took like... an Uber to get a burrito, after I one. mean, like if Gordon's drinking and smoking pot, God bless him, because he looks amazing. Yeah. I don't know how your body can look like that when you're such a so-called addict. I don't right. think he is. I know he has some mental health issues, possibly, probably, whatever. But, I, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic, even though I've been trying to steal Here's the other thing that I think works in Gordon's favor.
0: The Browns. Traded are, are him, stupid. traded him to the Patriots. <laughs> so I, I think there is, there's something there, Dave. There is something there. Yeah, if there's, you know, if
2: there's two kids who always trade baseball cards, and the one kid always ends up with the good baseball cards, and the other kid ends up with the crappy ones, and you need to stop trading. He puts them in the spokes on his bike. By the time it's over, yep. Uh, you roll up the one who always gets the good cards yep. at the end. Yep.
0: Um, what does this do for the rest of New England pass catchers, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan? Are you significantly dinging any of those guys, or is it basically business as usual for those three guys?
2: Um, that's a great, that's an interesting question. I guess it's so hard to predict Gordon's Can long-term I, impact. I, it's tough for me to say. I leave Gronk I leave alone. I think Gronk's Gronk. I agree. Fine. Yep. Uh, Hogan maybe gets impacted. Edelman, too. You know.
0: I think Hogan get, get, gets the biggest impact here. This is a guy that had never caught – had he even caught 60 passes in a year before, so I think he's easily pushed to the side in this offense. Julian Edelman, as long as he, you know, shows that he still has it, I mean, I'm thinking that 70 catches the rest of the season for him when he comes back is probably attainable, and I just, you know, I don't know how Hogan fits into all this. I think he would be my bust
2: guy. Well, it's tough because Hogan has to deal with Edelman and, and uh, Gordon. Exactly. So, yeah.
0: Let's move on. Can either of you guys make a case for starting any Titan this weekend in Jacksonville? Tony in Huntington, New York wants sure. to stand Dion tonight. Lewis. Dion Lewis, okay. Make the case for Dion Lewis this week, Dave, as uh, they go to Jacksonville.
2: Well, they're going to be losing. That's and probably true. And they're going to fight up the throw. That's also probably true. And Dion Lewis is the guy who got his passes.
0: Uh, yes.
2: So... If you're in PPR league, you want the guy who catches passes when you're losing in the second half because a really good defense uh, that's just throwing it during the comeback. All right, you, you, you get as high as 10 targets, 6-7 catches, 50-60 okay. yards. Maybe snaps, snakes a touchdown in there. Who knows? I'm not even going to
0: bother asking you the question because I'd be framing it for a layup for you, but I think when you're talking about Marcus Mariota, who said this week he's, quote, waiting for his nerve to wake up it's easier for him to dump it off than push it down the field to the likes of John and Smith, Corey Davis, Taywan
2: Taylor, Rashad Matthews. John and who? John and Smith. Don't, we shouldn't mention John. A guy who catches nothing shouldn't even get a mention of him. Yeah. That, unless you're uh, anyway, a
0: a tight end with no targets, <laughs> to borrow a Game of
2: Thrones reference. A
0: tight end with uh, no targets has no targets.
2: Um, Are you saying you're not starting your boy, Corey Corey Davis? You You know know what's interesting about this? Your cowboy Corey Davis? I'll get
0: into this. So (laughs) I did the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show, which you can hear every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Central live on Ninety-five uh, three and ninety-nine one. The Score uh, FM AM fifteen seventy. Of course, you can always go to thescoredwi.com, Download the podcast there, including hey, and Jemima,
2: in Rothbard. did you get that? Including
0: the show with Leo and Balky, which airs weekdays at two p.m. Central. The podcast now on Apple Podcasts. Did you get that? Did you write
2: that down?
0: Anyway. <laughs> We were talking. We were actually talking. I was talking about Corey Davis off the air, and I said, "You know, you still got to start Corey Davis." And they're looking at me like, "No, you don't need to start Corey." I'm like, "Yeah, you really do." And I looked at the one league that I had Corey Davis in this 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 week. And, and I know, you're starting. Come I'm on. like, "No, I, I can't start him this week." And I switched it. I started James White and, and started Corey oh, yeah. Davis at, as start. a as a flex. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not benching. I'm i not start, The only league I'm starting Corey Davidson is a dynasty league where I'm you know basically rebuilding and I don't have another great option um, behind him. So
2: you know, like Robin Williams said, to Matt Damon, good You know, it's not your it's fault. It's not your fault. It's okay. Yeah. Not, let's, let's hug after.
0: Not this. you, Dave. <laughs> not you. Don't mess with me, man. Not you. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess you make a compelling case for Deion Lewis. I'm not playing Mariota, Smith, Matthews, Taylor, Davis with an asterisk, and then uh, John, or, uh, Derrick Henry, I'm not playing. Obviously. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, here's an interesting one. Isn't there still over yet? Ah, you know what? I thought I had a
2: – All right, that'll do it,
0: folks. Oh, I screwed up the emails. Oh. oh, no, I do. I Okay, I do have one. This is in the well, – this, okay. so this is Paul in Port Charlotte, Florida. Dear Bernie and Tim, is it safe to assume that Mayfield is the starter going forward and there's no reason to roster Terod to Taylor? Yeah. Also, if that's the case, does Antonio Callaway make for a decent bye week fill in the next few weeks? Dilly dilly. That is Paul in Port Charlotte,
2: Florida. You know what the one thing, the only thing that has benefited Taylor about this whole starting situation, you know what it is? Nope. Uh, we all learned how to pronounce his name for the first and last time. We knew. I learned short, from – In short and soon-to-be-over career. I learned from Hard Knocks. That's how I learned. Well, whatever. wherever you learned it, this is like this like two-month process to learn how to say his name right after did, all these years. Did you watch Hard Knocks, by the way? Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't watch the end of it because – Oh, last one was great with Bro, sure,
0: sure. Bro, Brogan Roback, the, the um, really? fourth-string quarterback. By the way, the Packers had him in for a workout this
2: week. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, really, I never watched the last one because we just to get too rocks with that, that piece Yeah.
0: I, just, I literally just watched it two days ago. Right. Like, it was sitting on my DVR for forever. Yeah. I finally got to watch it. Anyway, so, um, uh, Antonio, let's move on past the – and I still think there's a non-zero chance that Terod Taylor is named the starter for this coming week. Yeah, Huey's yeah. an idiot,
2: but he's not – I mean, he would be, like
0: <sighs> – Nothing surprises me anymore in the NFL, Dave. Nothing. Yeah, you know more. what? You're
2: right. It's fine. I mean, I don't, the script does not call for that. The NFL is scripted, as we all know. It's an exhibition like WWE. I don't think the script calls, for that. I think Mayfield is the one who's going to start. I think there is more
0: than a 90% chance that Mayfield is named the starter on Monday. So I think for the sake of this question, it is safe to assume that. Yeah, Antonio Calloway going forward.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I actually anticipate Mean Gene is interviewing Hughie yeah. Jackson on Monday. I mean, I'm here
0: with Hughie Jackson. We're, we're talking about the big... Uh, victory over the the New York Jets on Thursday night. Well, let me tell you something, Gene. We went in there. We didn't have a win this season. We were struggling. Everybody knew that. Everybody said the world is all against you, Huey. There's no way the Browns come away with a victory. We went in there, and Todd Bowles punched us in the mouth. And then when Todd Bowles was done punching us in the mouth, you had Sam Darnold come out. You had Isaiah Crowell come out. They all came out. They punched us. We weathered the storm, and we came on top, baby. That's the way we do it in Cleveland. All right. That was Hugh Jackson. I am Gene Okerlund. Back to you, Jr. See that is
2: exactly exactly what it should be. Huey's not charismatic enough. Oh, yeah. That is what. Is, that's the script exactly. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Dial it right in.
0: So you look at uh, Antonio Callaway to try to bring this back to fantasy, Dave. <laughs> Antonio Callaway going forward. Is I think,
2: he, I think is, Calloway looks outstanding. Last he, night. I he, mean, would, he, he would have had drops. Drops.
0: he would have had five for 95 and a touch if Baker Mayfield was throwing that bomb to him. Yeah, Tyrod
2: yeah, missed him, and I mean, he's and granted he's drop, he's making mistakes. He's still making rookie mistakes. Right. But good gracious, if I, I'm I'm trying to get him in trade. and it's just like I haven't again dynasty. again in dynasty of eight yeah. leagues, I have him in two out of eight leagues, and I mean I cannot get him far away from these people. And then people like you know two claim that he's available for trade for not you know it's like whatever you're lying. Yeah.
0: He, he's not lying. He is available yeah, for again, trade. Yeah,
2: two first round picks or something like that. So it's if like, you want, if if you want, if
0: listen, two packer when he when he makes a trade offer, he's the type of guy that like three years down the road he's gonna get fantasy me-tooed. <laughs> like I was taken advantage of by yeah. two packer in yeah. this trade, you yeah, know. Exactly. So that that's the way that's the way it goes for him. Um,
1: I mean, at, if you can snatch up but, but here,
2: for not too much money, it's not too much of a trade cost. Please, get him. I mean, they didn't watch the game. But
0: that's fine. And he, he got picked up and redraft a lot this week. So my question to you is, going forward, when the bye week gauntlet hits, which I think starts next week, Callaway, to me, if you're looking some, for somebody to fill in as your second flex in FFPC, you could do a lot worse than Antonio Callaway with Mayfield throwing to him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would really prefer for him to have one good game before you roll him out there. But I really think that there will be a lot of quality teams playing Callaway in the late stages of this season. And quality teams are going to make the playoffs and do well. Right. He's a really, really good football player. He actually had a high phenom score as well. Uh, Roviz's uh, phenom score. Uh, it was one of the one of the better ones out there this year. He,
0: here's what's interesting to me. What if he can't keep his nose clean and they I, have to let him go? Then what happens?
2: You know, it's, it's the funny thing about that. I, I, feel, I get the same kind of vibe with Callaway that I did with I did Tariq with Terri Kill. Yeah, Terri Kill. Yep, like Totally. It's like okay, you had this incident. You, you know, you you Terri like, Kill. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Not I mean, Terod Tariq Taylor. Tariq. And, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we're okay. Maybe you know this happened, and you know Hardox actually showed something where they were talking about Landry and the and uh, whatever the Todd like, Haley. Yeah, Todd Haley is like you know get this kid, you know like take him know, under your wing. Yeah, and stay, you know, stay. Let stay him with, stay with you. Yeah, exactly. Whatever Larry Fitzgerald would do it because Haley sees Haley sees how fast he is, and I yeah. think there was an ESPN stat that said that Callaway had the fastest time time in week two, running like 21 plus. 21. Times.
0: Plus miles an hour. Yeah, the yeah, second exactly. fastest
2: wide receiver running yeah. uh, that week. And you, you look at calloway's face; he actually has a little bit of baby fat. He could probably actually lean out just a little bit. Next Maybe.
0: Year. Yeah, that's it's. He's
2: a, he's an interesting cat, man. We'll
0: we'll pay attention to him going forward. All right, Dave. I'm going to have Rob wheel out the uh the old Yaman or 9 button
1: oh my machine God, here. We're still doing I know. It.
0: It's ridiculous, but we we have two more emails. Dan in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hey guys, so many changes for the Eagles this week. Could you play a Yaman or 9 with the skill guys for me? So, Dave, I'm going to be the button pusher as I am wont to do on this show. You can go ahead with the Eagle skill position, guys, and I will tell you if uh that I'm starting them a Yaman or a 9 if I am sitting them uh this week against the Colts. <laughs> Hang on, I'm giving you them. Yep. So, I mean, like, right. you know. Carson Wentz. All right.
2: Nine, 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 nine.
0: Not playing him his first week back. I don't know how mobile he is, and his his weapons are severely depleted at this point. With the quarterback depth, you can do better than Carson Wentz in week three.
2: All right. We'll make this one easy. Uh,
0: Ajay and
2: Sproul. Don't, don't. That's too easy. Okay. Fine. Corey, nine, 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 nine. Corey, Corey, Corey Clemente? Yeah, man.
0: If he's active, I'm playing him. I mean, he's in for a heavy workload. You've got to get him in your lineups if he's active. This is a game that I believe is a one o'clock game. Yes, it is. So you will know. And if he is active, you play him, and I believe he will be.
2: All right. righty. Zach Ertz.
0: No Matt Collins, no Mike Wallace. Alshon Jeffrey, probably gonna miss again this week, although he was limited in practice. There's gonna be a lot of targets for Zach this week.
2: All right. Nelson. Yeah, man. <laughs>
0: No question. Number one receiver in this offense. He's going to get a lot of targets against that in the uh, secondary as well.
2: All right. Then let's get a little bit deeper. Shelton Gibson. Nine, 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 nine. Totally forgot he was on the team until you just said that. now. All right. Jordan Matthews. just. Nine, 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 nine.
0: How fast can you do a knee transplant? <laughs> that I mean, that's the question here. Like, can can we get him a fresh pair of knees before Sunday? If that's the question, it turns. If that's the the answer is yes, then he turns into a yam. Wendell Smallwood. I I mean this is this is the, a weird one the to. The Phillies Eagles defense. All right, hold on, hold on. Let's do Wendell Smallwood. <laughs> you will and I don't feel like this is cheating. If Corey Clement is somehow marked. Yeah, if he is if he is playing. Nine
2: nine 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 nine. All right.
0: And, that, and that's that's how I'll leave it at that. Eagles defense. Um, yeah, What? Come yeah, on. That's probably good for a couple of turnovers. Jake Elliott. <laughs> yeah, man. Right. I, I am playing Jake Elliott in a couple of weeks. This uh, I would, have, I would uh, think yeah. it would be. Good. Any more? I
2: don't think there's any more.
0: Well, there's there's one, there. one more. There's one more I'll bring up. Dallas Goder? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, come on. Nine 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 nine, nine. Even in an FFPC league, I, I can't. Uh, he could be the number three target out there for all we know, um, but uh, I, I still cannot play him. Agree or disagree with any of those egregiously? Otherwise, we can move on. No, that's good. Last email Todd in Wallingford, Connecticut. Out of Burkhead, Michelle, and White, who is the correct back to play this week at Detroit? And then he does this. Hashtag blowout factor. Todd in Wallingford, Connecticut. Thank you so much for the email, Todd. I don't think there's any other New England running back that's worth bringing up other than those three. Uh, so it comes down to uh, James White. I, I, again, they're all at Detroit this week. I don't know why I'm checking to see who they play. They're all on the same team as the, as the email states. It's getting late, people. Um, so for me, Dave, I, I look at this and. Uh, I think the the one that is most attractive to me is James White for that pass catching ability. Even with Josh Gordon, uh, you know, probably at least a fifty-fifty shot to play on Sunday, I'm still I still trust James White more than Michelle more than Rex Burkhead.
2: Yeah, White is the player I would for sure try and get it going. Um, I'm kind of leaning Michelle a little bit, oddly enough. Um, really? Yeah, for some reason I just get this little bit of a vibe over Burkhead. I'm just not feeling Burkhead as much, and I think that Michelle. I the have draft earlier. I know that in some of the rankings, you know, like if I look at football guys rankings here, I'm just pulling them up. Yep. They have Burke at 30 and Michelle 39. But I I might lean towards Michelle myself for some reason. I just get this get this feeling that they'd rather have play uh, Michelle.
0: Okay, let's get into. I, I want to get into this real quick. Oh boy. Rational coaching, Dave. That would dictate New England probably wins this game. They probably win it fairly handily. Hey, let's get the rookie Sonny Michelle. Certainly, like it is. Let's get the rookie Sonny Michel some touches, right?
2: We're not going to kick their ass, probably.
0: I think they might. It's
2: at least, it's, anyway.
0: I get it. It's at Detroit. That's fine. It's also the defending AFC champions. Um,
2: With a kind of average FF defense.
0: W- which they've always had. Um, so you have uh, Sonny Michel. Hey, let's, let's get the rookie in there. Let's show him the NFL, and maybe he'll pile up some points in the second half. That's rational coaching. Now let's talk about Belichick coaching. I believe New England wins this game. I believe New England wants to run it up on Matt Patricia because that is what Bill Belichick does to his old assistants. That's good point. And I think Brady is chucking it around to Gronk and James White and everybody in the second half. White could probably end up with, like, double-digit catches and a couple of touchdowns this game. And there's a, there's a non-zero chance that New England wins this game by more than three touchdowns. So it wouldn't shock me at all that Bill Belichick is still running the starters out there in a game that's already been decided halfway through the fourth quarter running it up. That's my take on it. You and I are in agreement that White is the back to play, but you like Michelle more than Burkhead. I like Burkhead more than Michelle. Yeah, there you go.
1: Fine.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this uh, epic 75-minute episode. Give me a break. we got to dial this in, man. we got to be better. Um, nobody wants to listen to a 75-minute podcast. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I want to thank Kay Coulson. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, it seems like we, I, I had her on three weeks ago. She was, yeah, she was on last week. She was, uh, she was great tonight. I want to thank her for coming on the show. Great stuff <laughs> from Kay Coulson. Best of luck to her the rest of the way. Of course, my thanks to well,
2: Dave this like Five for you to...
0: Yeah. Gone over. The FFPC, Rob Bryce. It was a two-minute, 13-second pitch. And, of course, all that of is, you are is, listening. That is,
2: that
1: is.
0: We'll be back live next week, obviously, at 10-9 Central with another great guest. Uh, wish best of luck to each and every one of you, not only in the main event, not only in the Football Guys Players Championship, but all your leagues this week in week three. Uh, your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening and we'll talk with you again next week.
1: I fairy tales about how
2: they run up on me. Well, run up when you see me, then we gonna see. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies Got a lot of people trying to drain me
0: of this energy Trying to take away Hey, why not take one more question from the chat that I'm just seeing now because my chat froze Wasp guy, Mr. Kern-Reeve, our good buddy Who ends up with more FFPC points this year? Rex Burkhead or Sony Michelle? I think Michelle, actually I hold on, this could get interesting I got five on it I think it's Rex Burkhead and I have five on it So do I five I got on five on it, five on it they said it couldn't be done but we made it happen uh this is not the first time we've uh put five on it after the show but we'll see what happens hey thanks for listening everybody really appreciate it we'll be back next week uh enjoy your weekend stay safe and uh just really enjoy yourselves because you know me and dave well